born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I could not have done over the years, and I'm talking about over 45 years, if it hadn't been for having a good wife who follows me everywhere I go and just make sure that everything, you know, does right. I never have to worry about my wife. She's a good wife, and, and, and I love her, and we work good in the ministry. And I've always had it to where she never had to work. We just do it out. But if she wants to, she can do whatever she wants to do. She gets involved in all kinds of things. Sometimes I have to slow her down a little bit. But she loves doing what she does, and she has to have a lot of free time to do all of that. So she, she's got a ministry that's uh, as big as most, most pastors do. And she's got people all over the country. She calls this one and that one and that one and that one. And she's, if they get hurt or sick, she goes up there to Georgia to have two weeks of rest and relaxation. She didn't get much rest and relaxation. She was going to see this lady and then this lady and then this lady and this lady and the half of this one. But because uh, she wants to. That's the way it should be. Women have a tremendous ministry. And Paul says here in verse 4 that they were willing to lay down their life. They hazard their lives for me. When he talks about, the, for my life, lay down their own necks. In other words, back in those days, they cut off people's head. And for what they did for me, they could have had their head chopped off. Paul was greatly in debt to them. And he says, not only me also, but the churches. Look what he says there. He makes a statement. I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. And that they had a church in their house. Now back then... They didn't have, you know, buildings like what we have today. People met in homes, and they'd have churches in homes. And that's what it says there in uh, the first part of verse 5. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. And he mentions various ones, and he mentions other people that worked and labored, you know, with them. Uh, take your Bible now and look there in uh, verse 12. See, some of these names, you see them, but in the Greek, see, they're, they're feminine, so we know these are women. And uh, most of these are Greek names for these Greek ladies that have helped him. And so he is very thankful and so forth. And these people now, many of these people, no doubt, have gone to Rome. And now he says, greet those people, because no doubt Paul led these people to the Lord in Corinth. And now they're in Rome. Probably, I don't know if they went there to start a church or what they've done. But anyway, he was complimenting them, bragging on them, and says, treat them the way they should in Salute this one and that one and so on. At verse 13, where he makes a statement about his mother and mine, I believe there's a good possibility. One is, literally, it was his mother, but figuratively, it was his mother. In the sense that there's some people that are older in the Lord, and you look upon them, as the Bible says in Timothy, 
uh, you treat the older ladies like they were your mother. And you treat their young daughters as though they were your sister. And it's a way of thinking and realizing, you know, to have respect for other people. And the older people, we should have a great respect for. We ought to treat them with respect. And the older people that are around here, uh, don't you ever be unkind to God's older saints. I, I believe God gets very upset with that. And if I see somebody treating one of our older saints with disrespect, I don't like that. And I will deal with that. Because I think it's what God's Word teaches us. So anyway, take your Bible look there in verse 16 now. Verse 16. We had a college, and we told the kids, now we want you to have, what is your favorite verse? <laughs> and when I'm just to be cute, says, my favorite verse is greet one another with a holy kiss. So we had to deal with that individual. She was just being cute. So anyway, uh, that was the a tradition of uh, saluting, greeting one another, and it was a mutual Christian respect. And uh, today we shake people's hands, and uh, I'm, I'm not into all the hugging stuff. Now, there are some churches that everybody just hugs everybody to death. And uh, if, if I do, I can go like this. <laughs> because you can be misread so easy, and, it's, and you have to be careful because uh, we're living in a society today that, man, you, you put your hand on a shoulder or anything like that. Uh, ah, attack, attack! And they want to sue you. And so um, you've you got to be careful. So I don't go around kissing everybody. And uh, Tom, don't smile like that. I'm, I'm not going to come over and kiss you. Now, I, I like Tom, and, but I, it's just some things you just don't do. And uh, it's hard for some guys. On, now, in some countries, when Ray Stanford went over there to Russia, he went with Peter Deinecke years ago. He went to Russia, and he says, and everybody over there has got this deep garlic breath. You know, it can knock you down 10 feet away. And he says, and he'll come up to him, and he said, when he got off the plane, they got a hold of him like this, and, and, and then right in the middle, <laughs> he said, ah, I thought I was going to die. But that was customary. That's what they, they did it. They greeted one another. Now, whenever the Lord said that he sent them out, he says, and don't greet or don't salute. It means, you know, and how is your mother? And my mother is fine. And how is your mother? Oh, my mother is fine too. And how is your father? Oh, my father is fine. And how is your father? Well, my father is fine too. And your daughter. And how is your daughter? My daughter is fine. And how is your daughter? My daughter is fine too. And how is your son? That's for, he said, you ain't got time for all that. Just, you got to concentrate on what you got to do. So, most men today, I think, are just content with the, uh, hi, let's just shake hands. <laughs> and uh, that's the way I'd like to leave it. Now, am I against people hugging one another? If it's in the church, that's, that's fine. You know, if it's a friendly thing, you just got to watch yourself. That's all I'm saying. And you know what I'm talking about. And... Uh, there's too many of these preachers that are getting caught and only because they, they overstepped a boundary somewhere. And um, you've got to watch. Just, just be careful. Verse 16, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now, if you want to go around kissing everybody, you go right ahead, but there might be a price you'll pay for it later. One is your wife might beat the, beat the tar out of you. Now, verse 17 he gets into the subject of doctrine. And I believe this is not so much as with lost people as it can be with those that claim to know the Lord, that are inside the church. Because, you see, there's always somebody who wants to get a following. 
to have some little new truth or a little twist to something. And it usually starts off with somewhere along, you know, the pastor's a great pastor and he's a great preacher of the word, but. And then they show, now their spirituality is they're superior and they know more. And so they try to get people to, you be careful of stuff like that. It doesn't mean that you have to agree perfectly with everything. You just watch where it's coming from and what's the purpose of it. Look what he says in verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, so we're talking to those that know the Lord, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you have learned and avoid them. Now, this is also mentioned about in, with believers. There are some who have taught things and caused them to doubt their faith and to shipwreck their faith. Mentioned the book of Timothy. And he even mentions names, Alexander and Philetus and so forth, and Hymenus. He says, watch the people who teach doctrines contrary to what you have been taught. Now, of course you have to watch the false teachers out there, but there's also false teachers that comes into the ministry and little by little try to sow seeds. I had a person one time that came to church just since I've been here. And uh, they came in and... It wasn't long before I saw them talking to one person, then they talked to another person, then they talked to another person. And so I just kind of moseyed up and here with them. I said, sir, I said, that's not what we teach here. I said, if you have a question that you want to ask me, if you came here to learn, I said, that's fine. I'll talk to you all day long. I said, but you don't come here to teach. And what you're saying isn't truth and it will not be accepted. And you can leave if you want to. But if you stay here, you're going to keep your mouth shut. You say, that's cold. That's hard. No, it isn't. I did exactly what I should have done. And he walked on out the door and he left. I said, because you're not coming here to teach. They already got a teacher here. They already have one pastor. I don't want two or three or four. We got one pastor. And we teach the Word of God. And somebody wants to come in here and teach something contrary to the doctrine that we know. I will confront them. Because it is not the best to let it go. And they plant seed, and then plant some seed, and then plant some seed, and then plant some seed. And then you wonder down the road, I wonder what happened. Well, that's what happens. There's always some wolves in sheep's clothing. You learn certain basic doctrine, and then you hang on to those doctrines, and then you become aware or alert to anything that comes in. Just like, y'all know the gospel so good and so clear and so well. Can't you tell it when somebody adds just a little bit of leaven to it? You pick it up just like that. Just like that, y'all catch it. Because, see, you, you've got certain basic doctrines down, and you know when something comes in, it's, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. And so that's why you want to learn the Word of God and to be strong in it. And so he says, Mark them which cause divisions and, contrary, and offenses contrary to the doctrine that you have learned. So Paul desired peace with the believing Jews and the Gentiles. And he knew that these things will cause trouble. And he also knew that there's others that are going to come behind him and they're going to try to spread some different doctrines and add a little work to the gospel and mutilate the gospel. Paul says, I declare, he says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, but there be no other gospel. And if there's anybody who teaches any other gospel, that which we preach unto you, let him be accursed in the book of Galatians in chapter 1 and verse 6. Now look what he says here in verse 18. Verse 18 says, For they, these false teachers, and probably false Jewish teachers that he's dealt with before, and warning them about those that may come into their midst. 
He says, they serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. That means their own lust, their own desires. And by good words and fair speeches, fair speeches means with coming in praising, flattery. Now, everybody likes a little praise and everybody likes a little flattery. But watch those who come bearing gifts. It means they come and they just brag and brag and brag on you. Sometimes you wonder, I wonder where they're going to put the knife. Sometimes it's because they've got another motive in mind. Don't overuse your flattery and your praise. And be careful in accepting all of it. Because you know most of it ain't going to be true. Though we like it. But just let it come and let it go without it changing you whatsoever. So that people can't buy you with a little compliment. Now, I'm not against compliments. Uh, Unless you really understand where I'm coming from, you're going to misunderstand my message this morning. And I hope you don't. I don't want you to. And I'm not against people praising people and complimenting people and, you know, and a little flattery, thing like that. I'm just talking about you've got to be careful where the source, what's it coming, what's behind it. And some people are just plain uh, uh, sincere and they don't mean no harm by it. So don't try to read into it. But just be alert whether or not somebody else is trying to come in a different way with a different message. Just be alert. So he says, and they come in to deceive you. Deceive means they're able to do it. With fair speeches, deceive. Deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet, I would have you wise unto this. In other words, you've been wise for salvation. I want you to be wise for service. I know that you've trusted the Lord. You have eternal life. You know you're going to heaven when you die. He says, but there's so much more. I want you to be wise for service so that God can use you. And being used by the Lord is the cohesiveness that Christians can have and work together. And so this is what Paul is after. He says, I would that you were wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. In other words, there's some things I want you to know everything about the Lord, but I don't want you to know all this stuff about evil. You don't have to teach kids sin and the evil things. Just that there is sin and that there are evil things, but to get into all the nitty-gritty stuff like that and to teach people and create the interest or the desire and wickedness, I don't think is a wise thing to do. Verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. In other words, obedience will bring victory. Obedience will bring victory. And so evidently they were having problems. And if you just obey the Lord and watch those that try to teach things that are not right and avoid them, it'll heal. Your congregation can heal. You'll be a stronger church, a body of believers. So he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And then he says a few things down through here, but I want to jump down there to the uh, word in verse 23. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church salute you. Now, he refers to the guy in the previous verse that wrote the epistle for him. Remember, the Bible says the apostle Paul had probably bad eyesight. And... So he would have different ones that would write the letter for him, but it was from Paul. They simply did the writing. And Paul was thankful that he had, uh, you know, even the ladies that were going to go all the way to Rome and take 
the message and so forth and delivered and said, now this is how I want you to receive these individuals. And so he put them up on a pedestal. As I see, Christianity exalts women. All the other religions, they humiliate women. Nobody honors women like the true Christianity. That's why when you understand that when you trusted Christ as your Savior and here's your wife, a, a man who loves the Lord should ex also exalt his wife and praise his wife and honor his wife. And it's a shame when a man humiliates his wife, shames his wife. Th that's, that's not good. That's not honoring. And God's against that. But so it, here in verse 25, verse 25 again, Now to him that is of power to establish you, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And, get this, by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. In the Old Testament, it talked about reaching the Gentiles, being a light to the Gentiles. And now, to have it actually happening and taking place. Remember the previous chapter in chapter 15 where he talks about, I wanted to go where the name of Christ had never been mentioned, lest I should find myself building upon another man's foundation. Paul was a very unique individual. He wanted to go and he was, his main thrust was lost people. But do you notice that all of his books are to those who are believers? So you have to get a balance in the Christian life where you win people to the Lord, and then you want to teach those people that you've won to Christ how to serve the Lord. So he comes with both of those. Look at verse 26 again. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith is to obey the gospel. You see, the Bible talks about in the book of Romans in chapter 1 and verse 17, it talks about from faith to faith. You see, when I heard the word faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, so when I was given this message and I believed it, then I take what I heard and understood and believe and I transfer it to the next person and they hear it and they understand it and they believe it. So from faith to faith, from faith to faith, and it just keeps on going around the world. And this is what God wants us to do. I was still the other night when Peter Romato called me up and he says, they went out Friday night soul winning and they had about 20 trust the Lord. And he says what was so unique was they couldn't find Angelo. And they, they didn't know where he was. And they thought he might have been in the restroom. And so they waited and they waited and they waited and no Angelo. So Peter sent somebody to the restroom to try to find what happened to him. And he wasn't there. And then all of a sudden he shows up and he had been around a corner or someplace. He'd been talking to some kids about the Lord. Two adults. And had them trust the Lord. And he's only what, 13, 14 years old? I mean, isn't, isn't that, that neat? See, they, they're getting stories for down the road. And I think that's what is so exciting, it's so great, so wonderful. But they're learning that the doing it is exciting for them and 
Some of these kids are having a blast. Do you realize what kind of a ministry they're going to have on down the road if they stay that away and keep doing that? Not everybody's the same way. But everybody has a responsibility. You just need to find out what is that responsibility that God's given to me and how can I fulfill my God-given responsibility. Now, everybody in here got a, a bulletin, right? Did you get the new look? I thought this looks a lot better. And uh, Mike in the office kind of helped me de design some of this stuff here. He, he got a good eye. And he says that uh, he, he thinks this would be a lot better. And I looked at it and I agree with him. So we got some more of these printed up. And they're going to be in the office. And we got them down to, to I think, nine cents a piece. So we're going to sell them for ten cents a piece so that you can get some of these. And you get ten for a dollar. And they're to be given out at choice times. You know, the people that you know or can meet and so forth, they're not like the heaven track. Uh, the heaven tracks are a little cheaper. Uh, these are a little bit more expensive. And so, but anyway, it does promote the whole ministry. And maybe you want to get some and just cover some of the... If everybody in here covered the area where they lived, do you realize how many people we could hit very quickly? Just everybody get some and just cover the, your block or two or three blocks around your house. And if everybody did that, just think of how many get passed out. And, um, and yet, be, yet it would be all over the city, just that quick. So anyway, I hope that'll be something that'll be good that you'll like and be able to use some of that. Verse 27, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And Jews and Gentiles coming together in Christ and God wanting that unity to be there. Because see, the Jews and the Gentiles, they hate each other like this. Look at the world today. If it wasn't for Christianity, majority of all the people in the world today hate the Jews. And that's just the facts. But they're loved mainly because of Christ. So they don't have a lot going for them over there except for the believers around the world. So I would say pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for Israel. And things look like they're starting to get a little on the hot side over there even now. Egypt is totally changing. And um, people are getting bolder. And the Middle East is in an uproar. And how is it all going to come down? Sure, it's going to be interesting. Alrighty. Look up here now. This is you and me. This is sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us, but He hates our sin. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from the Lord. But God says He loves us. He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we can't go the way we are. We go the way we are. We sin here. We'll sin there. So God says flesh and blood cannot inherit. You can't go the way you are. I don't care how good you try to be. You're not good enough. That's a perfect place. If you were to go to heaven right now, the way you are right now, you'd lie up there. You'd deceive up there. You'd be trying to deceive God. You'd be lying to the angels. I know a couple of men, they'd probably be chasing the angels. Now look up here. God, you can't save yourself. That's why you need a Savior. And the only way to be saved is to get a new birth. This one isn't good enough. So here is Jesus Christ. 
God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and he said that if we would believe it, he would give to us as a free gift everlasting life. We would be born into God's family. And he says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. See, now I got something that I didn't have before. Now I'm a son of God. Here I'm just the son of man. I'm just a flesh birth. So God didn't do anything with this one. He gave me a new birth. And this new birth, I have a new nature. The Holy Spirit indwelling me. And now that I'm a child of God and I can't sin, can't die. That's why I'm a child of God for all eternity. But God wants me to serve Him, to walk with Him, and not to walk in the flesh. He says, do not make provision for the flesh. Why would He have to tell me not to make provision for the flesh that you may fulfill in the lust thereof? Because you still have the potential of fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Because you still have it. And it means that you as a Christian, if you make provision for the flesh and walk in the flesh and after the flesh and fulfill the works of the flesh, in somebody's eyes, you might be looked at as, you can't really be saved. Look how you're living. Well, wait a minute. God's the one that says that I can do all these things. But it's not His will. So Christians can defy the will of God. Don't you know and don't you believe that God wants you as his children to live a good, godly, holy life? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you believe that? Do you? All the time? Faithfully? Wouldn't it be great if we all did everything right? But we don't. That's why God says in the word, forgiving one another. We wouldn't have to forgive one another if we didn't wrong each other, would we? And would he have to tell his disciples, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. It ought to be automatic, but evidently it's not automatic. Just because you're married, it's automatic that you're going to get along. It's automatic that you're not going to offend each other because if you get married, you're not going to want to hurt each other. You're not going to want to say anything that would offend each other, right? I mean, after all, if they were my kids, my kids wouldn't do that. Why can you get sidetracked again? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning, and maybe you have never understood this before, but I hope that what I've said will help you to get a grasp of it. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, see, you don't have a new birth, and you don't get to go to heaven when you die. You must be born again. You must accept Christ as your Savior. Notice I'm using the word must now. This is what you must do. You must believe that you are a sinner and that Christ died for sinners, that he paid for your sins. And if you will trust him as your Savior, he will give you everlasting life. He'll give you the free gift. Would you believe it? I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, I'd like to know it, and I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you if you just slip your hand in very quickly. Is there anyone that will say, yes, preacher, that made sense to me. And I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. And I want you to pray for me. Would you slip it up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Wait just a moment. Are you sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? 
If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, do you see why, yes, you can be a child of God and be obedient? And you can be disobedient. But if you're disobedient, your Heavenly Father will chasten you, discipline you. He'll never cast you out and never lose you. But He may say, come on home. But if you serve the Lord, trust Him. Walk with Him. God will bless your life. Father, thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one for being here. We also pray, Lord, your wisdom. Receive your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.